On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I take a look at Nick Casario's press conference. Important roster decisions may be on the horizon and the future of this team. We talk about what Nick Casario feels need to change and some of his praise. All of that in today and more on today's episode of the Locked On Texan. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. I'm John Hickman, joined by, of course, none other than Cody Davis on this Wednesday hump day. Astros started off their playoff series best of five with a L. However, we are expecting them to bounce back. Be sure to check out the Locked On Astros podcast. Um, a lot of good energy in the city right now in terms of sports. The Locked On NBA podcast was 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 not favorable to say the very least. It was stupid, plain to and simple. Green, to, to stupid, Jalen Green. Um, and that got a lot of reaction out of people on on Tuesday. Whenever that, that was dropped. so stupid, and I mean every word of that too. Yeah, I I don't know where that came from. However, I think people here in Houston are kind of used to it. The outside noise, attacking what's going on in the city of Houston, particularly the Texans. I'm sorry, the Rockets and the Astros. However, you guys are here to hear about the Houston Texans. Nick Casario held his press conference on Tuesday. Uh, I thought that Nick Casario may have done a better job than what we've seen from him in the past of dancing around, dancing around questions. I think that he answered some of those questions fairly well. And I think that hearing from Nick Casario did kind of, for me at least, Cody, and I'll get to mine, but it did kind of spark some questions and, uh, you know, now I'm thinking, well, maybe you can have another move in them this this season so far. But however, Cody, you were at the press conference. What were some of your main takeaways from Nick Casario? Well, let me just start off by saying that I will 100% agree with you that I do believe this might have been Nick Casario's best or close to his best um, press conference answering questions. As a matter of fact, I do. I think the best press conference he ever held was the two days after trading Deshaun Watson. I think that was by far his best press conference. I said this was his second best. And I think it was also his second best because there was not too many media personnel inside NRG Stadium because everybody was in was at Minute Maid Park getting ready for the Houston Astros playoff series. But um, the, my biggest takeaway, um, listening to what Nick Casario had to say and going back over it once again, I truly do believe that he is disappointed by the 1-3-1 and one start that this franchise had. 
that and I like that because at the end of the day, you are talking about a general manager that just like the coaching staff, just like the players, just like the reporters, just like the fans, we thought for sure that we was going to see better production on the field. And we have to a certain extent. Um, but the one thing that he talked about was lets me know that him and Coach Lovey Smith is still on the same page, at least as of right now, is the fact that consistency and being able to finish games is something that Nick Casario has also harped on as well. And John, I like that because once again, it lets me know that both of those guys are still on the same accord. And two and most importantly, Nick Casario is definitely going to take this week, this bye week in terms of how is he going to improve the Houston Texans roster in hopes of saving this season for the next 10 to 11 games, however many they got left in the regular season. Um, John, if you don't mind me, in terms of Nick Casario reconstructing this roster, the one thing that I did want to focus on, and I had an opportunity to ask Nick Casario this was, how important was it for him, you know, going back to when he orchestrated the 53-man roster, he literally took his time at creating the um, the practice squad roster. And there has been over these last five games, almost everybody that they called up throughout this practice squad roster, they have had some type of impact on the Houston Texans through the first five games of the season. We have seen guys like Grillin Arnold. It literally took him no time to get signed. He started off the season as a practice squad member. Um, you take a look at Jeff Driscoll. One more called up, then the Houston Texans will actually have an opportunity to sign him to the active, active roster. And to top it all off, Jordan Akins. He has already met the cap of how many times he could be called up from the practice squad watch roster, which is three. And he is not only getting called up, he is also getting an opportunity to go out there on the field, showcase what he can do, and actually help this organization and move in the right direction. Before moving on, ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to listen to what Nick Casario had to say about the production of Jordan Akins and, of course, what he had to say about the Houston Texans practice squad roster and the evaluation from those players. Yeah, I mean, the rules are the rules, so we'll have to work within the confines of the rules. So, you know, we'll have to maybe make a decision at some point. I wouldn't say there's anything definitive, but Jordan's returned, had a good attitude. Um, you know, when a player comes back, he leaves and comes back. You're not really sure how that's going to go, but Jordan's done a good job. He's had a good attitude. He's taken advantage of his opportunities when he's played. You know, Burbs has done a good job with him, so it's been good to have Ake back in the building. So kind of recalibrate this week, understand we're not, we don't have a game to play. Um, you know, probably have some things to get that position. You know, I think Brevin's going to be back here at some point. You know, TQ could potentially be back here at some point as well. Jordan's done a good job with his opportunities. OJ's done a good job with his opportunities. You know, Mason's, you know, gone in there and helped us here a little bit. So, you know, we'll look at that and we'll just try to make the, the right decision, the best decision, you know, relative to what we think helps us in the game. Driscoll and um, Greg Grayling Arno as well. Yeah, we talked about this kind of at the beginning of the year and Lovey articulated this at different points. So we've kind of looked at it beyond sort of the 53 players that are on the roster, understanding that you have more players eligible on a week to week basis. So what we try to do is look at what are our needs? What do we think our needs are for the game? How are we positioned? How many players at each position do we want to take to the game? And then what are our options? So say whether it's a role offensively, whether it's a role defensively, the kicking game is a big part of that as well. So. You know, the rules are the rules, so you have three opportunities with 
one particular player to elevate them. And then once you use the three elevations, kind of to DJ's question there, you know, all right, at some point you're going to have to make a decision. So um, we've been very purposeful about the players that are on the practice squad. Um, we've tried to kind of solidify their depth off the roster. So you have depth on the roster and you have depth off the roster and how you utilize your depth. Um, every team goes through that. I mean, when you go through the elevations, look what different teams are doing. You know, we're probably one of the few teams that's had probably two every week. Other teams, it's kind of one. Most teams have at least one, um, and you're just trying to figure out what are your options. Maybe if it's health-related. So, okay, you know, here's our, well, this guy's not ready to play. The good thing about your practice squad, which is why you want to resort to that group, because they're in the building all week. So a lot of these guys in our particular situation have been here since the beginning of the year. Now we brought in some players externally from other places. They have familiarity with our system, with our coaches, what the assignments are, what the job description is. You know, Grayland's another example. Grayland's been here since last year, goes through training camp, close to making the team, not a practice squad. And then we bring him back to the roster, and he's been able to help us a little bit in the kicking game. So I would say that situation is always going to be pretty fluid. There's probably other players that we're not even talking about right now that maybe at some point are going to be in the same position that Ake has been in, that you know Grayland has been in, and that Mason has been in. So it's week to week. And we'll kind of look at where we are as a team, what do we need for that week, and just try to make the right decision for us. Go ahead, Brooks. Once again, as you guys just saw and heard, that was Nick Casario. Um, John, really quick, I do believe when you, when he says, you know, there are players that can actually have an opportunity like Aikens, like like Arnold over the next couple of weeks. Um, I am looking at um, Jalen Camp. I'm looking at Johnny Johnson III. We have talked a lot about how that wide receiving core definitely needs some type of enhancement. I do believe both of those guys can actually help the Houston Texans wide receiving core move forward. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, once again, just keep in mind what is going to happen with Jordan Aikens. He's eligible to sign to the Houston Texans active 53-man roster. And as of right now, he's been the most productive tight end. Eight targets, seven catches for 86 yards, and a touchdown. Before we move on, I thought it was very funny that uh, Nick Casario has a nickname for Jordan Aiken. Call him Ake. So he, <laughs> You know, it's not better than game, D. Millie. <laughs> D. Millie is kind of nice, though, right? Like D. Millie, D. Millie is the white friend that can come to church with you on Sundays uh, <laughs> because his mom and dad just moved into the neighborhood, and he, he can come outside and play basketball with the family. So <laughs> D. Millie is nice. Ake, mm, I don't know, got to work on that. However, now we have a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I know it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when you're faced with challenges in life. But, however, when you learn how to find your own solution, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish no matter how big or small. I know personally for me, therapy throughout my wedding season, therapy really helped me out get over some things mentally. So I'm a huge advocate of therapy, and there's no better place I don't think so. Then BetterHelp, super convenient. And if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Again, it's super convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better person, I'm sorry, when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. Again, 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. Yeah, really not a challenge at all. I mean, it's not really not that tight. I mean, we're not that different. There's some teams that have a little bit more, some teams that have a little bit less. So it's just about managing the year. I would say during the season, quite frankly, there's really not that much movement. You're managing week to week. You're managing the practice squad. Players are going to come on and off the roster. Financially, you have to look at you know, salary. You know, if you're doing a trade, I mean, obviously a player's salary for the duration of the year. So whatever the paragraph five salary is at the beginning of the season, okay, it's 12 weeks. So you prorate that. So does that make sense? What's the cost of doing that? So I mean, we don't feel constrained by anything. If there's an opportunity to add a player, that makes sense. We'll look at it. If there's not, we won't. So it's very simple. So I would say really it's not that much different than where we were last year. So we'll manage the season. We'll manage the team. Guys are going to be going on and off the roster. Guys will be going off the practice squad. Guys will be going off injured reserve. So it's the cost of doing business. Every team's got to deal with it. We're no different. And then once the season's over, then we'll recalibrate and look at 2023 in terms of where we stand. That was Nick Casario addressing the salary cap situation for the Houston Texans. As of right now, the Houston Texans currently have uh, $1.2 million in salary cap space. So, Cody, there's a couple of things that I would like to kind of link together with that salary cap question. Number one, point out a couple of things. There's no challenge at all. There's no constraint. If there's an opportunity to add a player, we will if it makes sense. Earlier in the press conference, Nick Casario was just kind of asked about how things are going right now. And what he said was, it's a personnel-driven league. Things you do well, you want to maintain that. Whatever you, you're not doing well, teams are going to find it. You have to figure out a way to fix the perceived weakness so it doesn't become a bigger problem for the team. I take those two comments in terms of addressing the salary cap, in terms of whatever your weaknesses are for this team and personnel. And I think right now the weaknesses for the Houston Texans is playmakers on the outside. And so I look at this as an opportunity to explore whether or not it makes sense for Houston, who, by the way, the AFC South isn't a shoe-in for any team right now. I think that if Houston can get hot, the Jags and the Titans play each other coming up on Sunday. I'm sorry. It's the Titans and the Colts. There's an AFC South matchup coming up on Sunday. <laughs> that would allow one of those teams to lose. That would allow one of those teams to get bumped down into standings. And if Houston comes out and win their game against the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> that may possibly push them into a point where they could possibly compete for this division. Now, there's a team in Carolina who I believe will be having a fire sale. Do I think the Houston Texans should go out and can afford any of their top-tier players? Absolutely not. However, there is a wide receiver that I think the Carolina Panthers have been stashing on their roster due to whatever reason, but that's Terrence Marshall. We look at Tyler Johnson. He has been a non-factor for the Houston Texans. Chris Moore has been pretty much a non-factor for the Houston Texans. Philip Dorsett, a non-factor for the Houston Texans. And at this point, if it's not Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins and Rex Burkhead, who I believe is third on the team, in receptions, there hasn't been much of success for anybody right now. Now, can we look at Davis Mills and point the finger at him and blame him? I think you can. However, do we really consider this wide receiver group extremely talented and one of the top 20 in the league? No, I think it's in the bottom five of the league, to be quite honest with you. And so 
you know, him saying way find ways to fix your perceived weaknesses. Well, Cody, I want to go back to what you said. Houston can look at their practice squad and they can bring up a Johnny Johnson the third or a Jalen Camp. Um, but if there's no constraint at all, if there's not a challenge, and if you feel like there's an opportunity to add a player that makes sense, a player like Terrence Marshall, who was still on his rookie contract, would you be against that or would you stick with the guys that's been in the building since day one, that's been around the team since day one, that knows Davis Mills, played with Davis Mills, been under Pep Hamilton, and would you call one of those players up? I would have to say I'm, I'm looking at this from two ways because I think it could go either or because there are talent out there. There's, there's still talent out there for the Texans to – go about if they want to enhance their wide receiving core. But it all depends on, one, how much of the season that they can actually save and whether or not they do believe they can make a run at the AFC South title, which means do you really believe that you are a playoff caliber team? And two, and most importantly, it all goes back to the guy under center, Davis Mills. If you think there's any type of hope that he can turn not only his season but his career around where you say, you know what, these last 10 games of the season, Davis Mills played so much, you know what, we're going to give him another opportunity to be the starting quarterback for the franchise or whatever the case might be, then I would say you will go outside the building and try to bring in some talent. Because, look, I know a lot of people might get mad at this name, but Odell Beckham is still a free agent. And regardless of what you think about him, I do believe that he can definitely – Help the Houston Texans wide receiving core. And I look at a guy like Odell Beckham. Of course, if he signed here, just before a cheap one-year deal, it would be like a, a, a an audition for the rest of the teams around the league because you know it's not going to be no long-term deal here. But I look at that from a standpoint of a move like Odell would actually help the Houston Texans not only help their wide receiving core, but it would help the offense. But it would help the team overall. However, why would you put yourself in that situation if – the rest of the season is a crapshoot or whatever the case might be, or you stop believing in Davis Mills. So it all depends on those two factors, how much of the season that they actually want to save or if Davis Mills is the guy, because if you're thinking about the latter, then you might as well call up Johnny Johnson um, and see what he can do. Because once again, when you look at Johnson, um, when you look at camp, you're looking at two guys that played very well throughout the preseason, but for some reason, after five games going into the bye week, we have yet to see them in a regular season. I do want to say this. Um, Nick Casario did say this is a personnel-driven league. The Houston Texans do not have the personnel for Odell Beckham. No, no, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was just using him for an example, oh, like okay. the, his talent-wise. Oh, okay. Let's say the least, his talent-wise. Yeah, oh, Odell, <laughs> he, listen, Odell may come to Houston, but they for the Texans. Uh, yeah, that's why All I right. say, look. Talent, a talent like Odell Beckham is out there well, because I, I kind of view this as let's say the Texans were in playoff contention or, you know, championship contention, whatever the case might be. And they were stuck with this wide receiving court. Then it would, you know, make a little bit more sense to go after him. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to clarify Odell <laughs> will not sign to the Houston Texans. But I, you know, however, I do get your point. I think that those two points correlate that it does depend on how they view this season. Now, I look at a player like Terrence Marshall, you know, has vastly underachieved uh, in his time with the 
Carolina Panthers is being drafted last year. Uh, in the first two years of his career, only have 21 receptions. So I can say very late round pick and maybe next year's draft to bring him in if that's possible. Um, regardless of what Houston does this season, they still need to invest in their wide receiver group. You look at teams around the league, they have about three wide receivers that they trust to get out on their field and make plays, at least the better teams, right? And for Houston, there's been times where you don't have, based off what we've seen on the field, you do not have one player that you can consistently go out there and trust to make plays because of the inability of the offense. Now, that does go back to Davis Mills. The bye week for the Houston Texans is so important. That does give them an opportunity to do a couple of things. Number one, that gives everybody a break and an opportunity to look at more film and learn how they can get better. Number two, it is a preparation period. Once they get back to playing football, I think it's they play two or three games in 11 days, right? Mm -hmm. When they come back, they play the Raiders on Sunday, then they have a Thursday night football four days later. <laughs> and so they're going to have to prepare their bodies. They're going to have to prepare their minds physically and mental. They're going to have to all be on one accord so that bye week does help them out in that area. But I think this does give them an opportunity to evaluate Nick Asterio, the general manager, who is partly the reason why this wide receiver group hasn't been juiced at all an opportunity to evaluate the guys that they have in the building. And then you can scour the league and figure out, okay, well, if we can possibly save the season, is there a player that is not expensive that if we move for him, for him, you know, we can get a late round draft pick in exchange for that player. And again, I think the team right now in Carolina is going to have an eventual fire sale if what, what, what Cat Williams said, everything must go. Maybe even you. Right? I'm sure that's what Dave Tepper is telling everybody. Christian McCaffrey, everybody must go. Um, but this is what the, – the, like I saw those two responses to those questions, and I thought to myself, maybe Nick Casario is still working. You know, he's very quiet. He doesn't do much. doesn't come out like the rest of the general managers, but maybe he's working behind the scenes to find ways to improve it because this is a personnel-driven league, like he mentioned, and – Things that they do well, you want to maintain that. He did get Damian Pierce some praise in their press conference to open it up. Damian Pierce has been one of the, if not the lone bright spot for this offense through the course of the first five weeks of the season. However, whatever you're not doing well, teams are going to find it. As of right now, the Houston Texans do not have one player in the MVP race. Surprise, surprise. Actually, it should be Damian Pierce in some type of way. <laughs> uh, Geno Smith, this is this is according to Bet Online odds. Geno Smith has a 101 chance. Matt Ryan has a 151 chance. And then I go over to the Defensive Rookie of the Year board. Uh, Jack Jones, the cornerback from the New England Patriots, who has been playing some phenomenal football. Tyreek Woolen are both on the board. Of course, we know Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley will be in the race for Defensive Rookie of the Year, along with Damian Pierce for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But if you want to find all of these odds, make a little extra money, place a bet, you can do so at BetOnline.net, who continues to be the number one source for all of football betting information this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with the live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. 
They are still the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports, game events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Be sure to check us out throughout the week as we will be joined with Brian Bearfield. You guys know him as Big Sarge. And Brandon K. Scott later in the week in a two-part episode covering the Houston Texans, which will be phenomenally fun. I'll just put two words together. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Cody, you know, earlier in the show, you mentioned the practice squad and you know how Nick Casario, in terms of this season, does have, you know, some 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 decisions on his hand. And right now, I would take Jeff Driscoll over Cal Allen. And this may get a reaction out of, out of a lot of people, but if we're talking about production, if we're talking about what we have seen so far, I'm taking Jordan Aikens over Brevin Jordan. And the reason why I say Jeff over Kyle, you know, of course you do not want an injury to happen to your starting quarterback in Davis Mills. But if Davis Mills finishes out the year as the starter, at the very least, you're able to put Jeff Driscoll out there and maybe utilize him in certain ways. Listen, I think it's two for two whenever he's been out on the field to convert for a first down on third and shorts or third and long. I think there was a 35 and a third and three where he converted on using his legs. He is an athlete. Those are some of the things that you'll be able to get out of him. And, you know, Aikens is a player right now that just seems like he is on one accord with the quarterback. Now, I'm not sure if it's because of opportunity. Shout out to Alding District where we give choices and opportunities. <laughs> but I don't know if it's because of opportunities that have been given to him or if he's just an NFL vet that understands how to work his offense. He has produced more than Brevin Jordan. However, Brevin Jordan will come back, and that will help out the tight end room that would allow the Houston Texans to go ahead and put three tight ends out on the field, which we've seen them do this season. And I am anticipating to see TQ, Tegan Quatoriano, at some point throughout the season. Cody, talk, you had an opportunity to ask Nick Casario about the comparisons between this year and last year. What are some of your takeaways? I hate it because I ruined my question. And I said that because for those of you guys who don't know, Nick Casario, Raphael Stones, phenomenal general managers. But in, in media, you have to be very particular on what type of question you ask and how do you ask that question. And while I was sitting there listening to Nick Casario, I had the bright idea to ask him, you know, what are some of the progressions that he have seen um, from the Houston Texans this season under Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton? And I made a mistake and said in comparison to last year um, heading into the bye week. And, of course, he gave me you, – you muted. The Astros won 8-7. to seven. The Astros won eight to seven. I'm not making. Oh, oh my God, y'all! Yeah, please, I locked on Astros. <laughs> Are you serious? Gonna... They came back. The Astros won eight to seven over the Seattle Mariners. By the way, sorry, ladies sorry, and gentlemen. If you all, you know, do not know when we started this podcast, they was down. So 
that just lets you know we was already like all right you ready yeah let's just go ahead and record because we know our brothers our guys over at locked on astros they need this restream room but man that is whoo man let's Shout go average with the home <laughs> run wow that is crazy but whoo man trying to get back to my thoughts okay but um oh man john you should have said that towards the end but uh <laughs> you know going back to what i was saying you know so nick casario he gave the correct answer as to you know he's not going to compare last year's team to this year's team but he said you know the one thing that he would say is that you know every single week is an opportunity for the houston texans to go one and oh because they are focused on their opponent for that particular sunday and when i you know even though he don't want to say it, when i look at the houston texans and i compare it to where this team is you know heading into the bye week this week this year versus when they hit headed into the bye week last year um the optimism is still around this team and that's very important because you know, they literally just finished winning their week five victory um, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is very important. And I say that because, John, when I go back and I take a look at last year, five games into the regular season, remember, this is the epic game where I said, you know, the, 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 the nail in the coffin took place last year in that week five match against the New England Patriots. And it seemed like that team was never the same after that. Plus, of course, you always got to take into consideration that the Deshaun Watson cloud was still hanging over this team after the bye week. As a matter of fact, it was it, it probably grew because the bye week came late last year and it came after the trade deadline. And we all know what type of fiasco was going on at the trade deadline with this organization. However, when you take a look at where this team is this year, you know, even though I still believe that week one tie kind of like hindered of the, the optimism of what this season could be. The one thing that I would say is that, and we all saw it, it doesn't matter if it was week two, week three, week four, or week five. The one thing that you cannot take away is the fact that the Houston Texans continue to fight. And I just think, you know, regardless of how the first five games went or the first four, the atmosphere and the optimism, at least for the future, is still out there. And, of course, it has a lot to do with Petrie, Stingley, and Pierce and, and Green. Yeah, absolutely. And I also look at this team right now, Cody, that has multiple one-score games compared to last year where they were blue out in a lot of competitions. And then I immediately look at, you know, the defense from last year. The defense, the defense for the Houston Texans last year compared to this year is much better. Uh, they are only allowing 19 compared to 27 from last year. And I think that does have a big, you know, the big reason why for that is because of the additions of the draft picks, Jalen Petrie, Derek Singley. Um, they have played better football defensively. What I think a lot of fans are waiting on is just a full, complete game. A lot of fans are waiting on that nine-minute stretch that they did against the Chargers where they were able to go out there, score points, and not allow the opposing team to score. Teams, fans are looking for this team to do that for four quarters. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and subscribe to the Locked on Texan podcast on YouTube as well. <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm looking at the highlights right now. Hey, what? <laughs>
Golly. Hey, man. Only eight. Close City, baby. <laughs> but as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. You know, I'm pretty sure you guys know, like, the reaction time is real. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, please go check out Locked On Astros. <laughs> Peace. You're done. <laughs>